The irony of isolation is that it's forcing us to connect in ways most of us never have before. I think I've spoken to more people in this community over the past two weeks than in the three years that I've lived here. More than half a million people have volunteered in local coronavirus support groups around the country. It's ordinary small acts that collectively become something quite extraordinary. But what happens to us after all this is over? Will these new connections and public spirit outlast the current crisis? You're listening to Stories of Our Times from The Times and The Sunday Times. I'm Manveen Rana. Today, the Volunteer Army. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. My name's Martin Fletcher. I was at The Times for 30 years. I was what you called a foreign fireman for the last 10 years of my time on The Times. So I had to go to the places that I used to send other people, which was Iraq and Afghanistan and Syria. And I did the Arab Spring revolutions in Libya and Egypt. You name it. One time or another, I probably ended up there. Crises always produce two reactions. One is people who are out for themselves, determined to do what it takes to get them and those around them through it. Other people who club together, try and help their neighbours see the only way of getting through it is collaborative effort. Over the last few weeks, Martin's been exploring how British people have responded to the crisis and which of the two reactions has dominated here. You can have the same two reactions going on simultaneously and that's what I think is happening now. On today's show, we speak to some of the volunteers who are stepping up in response to the lockdown. Hi, my name is Ben and I'm uh, just driving away from the Hill Station, our neighbourhood cafe in uh, Telegraph Hill in southeast London. I just picked up about five boxes to deliver some fresh veg, some fresh fruit, some basic cupboard items. There are now nearly 3,000 COVID-19 mutual aid groups across the country. Today I am manning the emails for the Telegraph Hill mutual aid group. Hi, my name is Raphael. I'm just about to take a box of groceries to somebody who ordered one from us. I've been doing this for about a week now, after work, using my car and the help of my two children. So a couple of days ago I got a text asking for help delivering food boxes. I've now done two. I'm on my third one. 
My name's Alison Langan. I'm 71. I live in Long Ashton with my husband, Peter, who's 77. We'll start with the story of one resourceful grandmother on the outskirts of Bristol and Jo, the volunteer organiser who taught her to Skype. What do I most miss? Uh, Just going and having a cup of tea and spending a bit of time with my granddaughters. Before all this happened, my daughter was working four days a week. The children are just three and one year old. So every Monday... I would spend the day with her and them, giving my daughter a hand. Now, that's gone. When I think two weeks ago, we went for a walk in Lee Woods, the four of us. We had a lovely time. Sun was shining. Nice walk. People out with dogs, everyone cheery. Today, that's unthinkable. The police are actually stopping people driving up there now. Fair enough. I'm not arguing with that. So it's a very dramatic and very sudden change for everyone. Tell me, how did you first hear about Jo? Until this happened, my husband went to buy the Times every day because he's a fan of the obituary columns. Anyway, I was reading it some time ago now. I saw my greengrocer's photograph and I thought, my God, there's Darren. What was he doing in the Times? Jack Morvan had written an article about what's going on around here. Um, So Darren featured as you know, a greengrocer who does deliveries. And then it mentioned Joe. My name is Joe Pegg. I'm 36. I work for a company that does workflow consultancy and infrastructure support. For the last about 10 days, I've been committing the majority of my spare time to helping out with the Long Ashton Coronavirus Support Network. I got involved initially just to say, look, I can do video calling for you. And it said... Joe will help elderly people like me who are not very good with technology to connect up via technology and keep the relationship with their families going. I googled Joe Pegg on the internet, looked him up. I can do some things. I mean, I I do a lot of online ordering. Now, as it happened, I had already thought, oh, my God, I must get onto Skype. And I've been trying to without much success. I think it was a week last Thursday, my last, the last time I ever went out, actually, apart from the daily walk. So I, I sat down, wrote a note, got in the car and put it through his letterbox. She dropped me a letter through the post, um, it's handwritten and hand-delivered. It's such a lovely letter as well. What did um, the letter say? I, um, let me see, I have it in front of me. Yeah, what I have here is... A nice handwritten letter on A4. Sadly, Moon, my cat, has walked across it now, so it's got a couple of muddy four prints. It says, Dear Jo, I saw your name mentioned in today's Times in connection with helping old people to set up technology to facilitate contact with family. I said, look, I've read this article in the Times. It says that you are very kindly offering to help old people like I would like to be able to Skype my daughter and two little granddaughters. If you could possibly help me to do that, I would be extremely grateful. And I just thanked him and put my name, put it in an envelope and put it through his letterbox. What did you think when you got that? I guess mystified initially until I opened it. And then, yes, very pleasantly surprised. I haven't had a handwritten letter and I... Couldn't tell you how long. I was probably a child the last time I gave or received um, such a thing. So that evening, as soon as I got home, more or less, he emailed me 
And he said, I'll phone you at half past six tonight and we'll sort this Skype business out. And he did. And now without him, I wouldn't be talking to you now on this. He says he was very impressed with how quickly you picked it all up. Oh, God. <laughs> well, that's very kind of him. What's it like now when you are Skyping your granddaughters? Well, it's lovely. It's lovely to see them. They've never seen me on a screen before. They've, they've seen the real thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hello, Grandma. But they will get used to it. We've, we've had some lovely conversations since. And, you know, I hope that once all this is over, you know, I'd, I'd love to pop round for a cup of tea or have her pop round, you know. How did it feel for you to be able to help her in that way? Oh, really good. It always feels good to be able to help another human being. It's how we're designed. But particularly now, more than ever, it's important. And, you know, I think it's important on a personal level to feel like you at least have some element of control. Joe started off by helping the elderly with video calls. But a couple of weeks on, he's in group meetings most evenings after work, helping the Long Ashton Mutual Aid Group of some 200 people get up and running. We've just gone through Brexit, which blew us all apart. I think it's sort of beautifully ironic that something totally within our control blew us apart. And now we have something totally out of our control bringing us together. Yeah, there are millions of examples of that happening around the country, each one too small to you know, warrant a newspaper story. But ordinary small acts collectively become something quite extraordinary. We're a slightly schizophrenic nation, aren't we? We've always been a bit like that. We're the nation known for its politeness and self-effacing courteousness, but we're also the nation that produced football hooligans. Of my entire 40-year reporting career, the two weeks I spent covering the Olympics were the most uplifting of all. It was wonderful. It was the country coming together, Crime rates fell, everyone was polite to each other. And I do see a bit of that at the moment. The Times was the only newspaper that covered every day of the Olympic Flames journey around the country. And the paper asked about 10 of us writers to cover a week of it each. And we all said, no, 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 we don't want to do that. But they said, yes, you've got to. <laughs> and I had the last week when it came through London and it was the most extraordinary experience. It was just a flame, and it was carried down through the streets of different communities. But the entire community, in every case, came out and came together, young and old, every ethnic background, every demographic, rich, poor, and celebrated this flame together. It very much reminds me of what's happening now. Instead of a flame, we have a virus. Everyone's talking about social isolation, but actually I think the opposite is happening. Physically, we're isolated, but spiritually and psychologically, we're being brought together as we rarely have been before. So dreadful as it is, there is a silver lining. And I'm quite sure that that spirit, you know, some of it will last long after this crisis is over. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Sharon Shamir was always friendly with her neighbours, but she never thought she'd be commanding a squadron of local volunteers in the fight against the virus. She's in southeast London. By training, I'm a solicitor, and I live in Telegraph Hill, where I've been helping to coordinate the local COVID response. Tell me, what sort of a community is it in normal times? Is it, is it sort of quite close-knit? What's really, really wonderful about living here is that, you know, we're in London, SE14 in Lewisham, about 10 minutes from your offices in London Bridge. But it's an incredibly, incredibly diverse community. It's, it's really, really a tightly-knit community. And once people move here, they tend to stay and it often feels like living in a small village, except you're in the middle of London. So tell me, what happened to the community when coronavirus suddenly hit? When early cases of coronavirus started cropping up in the UK, a few of us looked at what we'd seen happen in places like China and in Italy, and we decided to start a WhatsApp group. We, we started off with three people just chatting to each other on there. We now have over 350 volunteers. We decided to leaflet across the neighbourhood with details of a dedicated phone line and email address that people could, could call to request assistance. From then on, the phone just went crazy with people wanting to volunteer, but over time with also those needing help. And what sort of people are volunteering? Artists, administrators, a photographer, a fundraising specialist, two bakers making and delivering bread and cakes free of charge to people stuck at home just to, to keep their spirits up. Someone's even volunteered to make sure we're GDPR compliant, which, which sounds nuts, but it's really important <laughs> given that you know, we deal with vulnerable people. Sounds like you're really lucky to have such a pool of expertise too. Absolutely. And it's, it's unfortunate that a lot of the people that are now in a position to help us are, are in that position because they're freelance or they are on zero hour contracts and they themselves have had their, their work hours cut. And so... They, they have that free time, they're at home and they're, they're trying to figure out how they can contribute. Um, what sort of things are people doing to help? So typical requests are things like a basic food shop. So that's bread, milk, fruit, veg, as well as deliveries of prescription medication for housebound and elderly people. But I think some of the more unusual requests are, are probably a better illustration of, of the human connection at the core of our work. On, on Mother's Day, Somebody posted to say that they'd like to have a roast chicken with their family that afternoon, but they hadn't been able to find one in the shops. And over the course of a couple of messages, one turned up among our group and, and somebody offered to, to drop it off. We also had, we had a writer, a, a lady who I believe is 75 or so, 
who was looking for somebody to post out three draft copies of her novel. And one of our volunteers was able to collect a package from her hygienically and, and send it off at the local post office. Just yesterday, yeah. you know, one of our volunteers got in touch about an older man who, whose freezer had broken down. And, and within hours of putting a call out on our group, one person had offered an old spare freezer, a second had offered the use of his Land Rover, and, and the third had offered to help with, with the heavy lifting. <laughs> that is an amazing response. Has it, has it surprised you? Has it taught you anything about your community that you hadn't known before? Well, for, for me, like for all of us, the, the past few weeks have been quite strange. I work freelance. A lot of the time, I'm, I'm just a stay-at-home mum. A few weeks ago today, I'd have picked up my two-year-old daughter after nursery at lunchtime, and I'd have taken her up to, to the hill station, our local cafe, as a treat. It's something we do once a week. We'd have seen the same crowd we see there every week, mainly older people meeting with friends. My daughter would have gone over, said hello, chatted to people. In the afternoon, we'd have gone to a friend's house, on the next street from mine, you know, the toddlers would play together. I'd chat to my friend. Her husband would play the guitar. Now, we can't do any of that now. And, and I feel the loss of that really keenly. The country and this community has, has changed. But having said that, being involved in this local response group, I think I've spoken to more people in this community over the past two weeks than in the three years that I've lived here. I've also been utterly overwhelmed by the new connections I've made. The, the, the older people I talk to who are grateful for our boxes, the volunteers who, who just will climb in and help out on, on really any task at all and do it with, with so much care and love and thought that, that it's utterly heartwarming. You, you can't help but be affected by that. So does it go, go ahead. No, sorry, sorry, keep going. No, I, I think I'll stop there. I'm getting, getting teary. <laughs> and in terms of how you're actually running this, I mean, it sounds like in very little time it's become an enormous operation. How are you managing the organising? I mean, have you ever done anything like this? No. And, and it's <laughs> extraordinary. I, 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 I do feel like I'm suddenly at the helm of a mid-sized corporation with, with no training. <laughs> and, it's, and it's been quite tricky. I've, I've slightly become high priestess of the WhatsApp group. Does it make you feel like you're part of something bigger? I think so. I suppose I, I'd always wondered how I would act in a war. This feels a bit like a war, and I, I feel very proud and very happy to be part of a very pragmatic response that looks at what people need, and what's missing, and, and, you know, fills that gap and provides it. I didn't know most of my neighbours in the street where I live. I do now. And I'm looking forward to meeting them in person, in the flesh, as it were. When this is over, I think, you know, there'll be some sort of coming together, some sort of celebration if, if you know, if we all get through this unscathed. We, we had a collection in our street for... Um, the local food bank and uh, everyone's contributed and then they asked for volunteers to take it down to the food bank and actually to distribute it and so people have been put in touch with local charities that they weren't in touch with before. Boris Johnson sort of made a statement from from his quarantine the other day where he said it showed that there was such a thing as society. Um, 
do you think that's what do you think that's what's happening? You know, it was a, it was a bit of a repudiation. Well, of I Margaret never, Thatcher and there being I no never such bought thing as into, I never bought into Margaret Thatcher's contention that there wasn't such thing as a society, and I, I'm sure in her more cautious moments she would agree. But it's David Cameron's big society. Ten years after he tried and failed to implement it. In normal times, we just get on with our lives. It takes something like this to bring society together. Some of that has to survive, surely. We can't just go back to what we were doing before. And, you know, acts of kindness will be remembered. And the old people who've been helped will remember who helped them. And I think, I like to think we will look upon each other with a bit more kindness than we have in the last few years. been listening to Stories of Our Times with me, Manveen Rana, and my guests, Alison Langan, Joe Pegg, Sharon Shamir, and the former Times foreign editor, Martin Fletcher. If you want to get involved in your local COVID support group, visit covidmutualaid.org or search for COVID-19 Mutual Aid National on Facebook. That should direct you to your nearest local community organising group. The producers today were Asya Fuchs and James Shield, The executive producer is Leo Hornack and the deputy executive producer is Poppy Damon. Sound design was by Carla Patella. Music by Breakmaster Cylinder. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a review. You can subscribe for free. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast and more. And if, in these uncertain times, you want more information about coronavirus, then you can always access expert analysis on the latest developments with The Times' dedicated daily coronavirus newsletter. Sign up for free at thetimes.co.uk forward slash coronavirus. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.